0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swann and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Good morning, good morning. Good to see you here today. God bless you. If you're a regular, I'm honored you're here. If you're a guest, we're glad to have you. If you need a Bible, why don't you get your hand up real high? Our ushers would gladly get you one. Then go to the uh, 103rd Psalm. If you're watching by live stream today, we welcome you today. I believe God's going to touch your heart. He's going to move here, so we are in our series here, the benefits. Again, this is our month into it. I thought it would be a month, and we're not even past the second benefit, so we'll see how long it goes. Just a little bit of expectation. I, I know there's many of you that have had ones that have been in the hospital, and they are coming out in the name of Jesus. We're seeing people get sent home and healed, and it's a blessing. Uh, this week, one of our members just called me on Monday and said, Pastor, it's a miracle. Our son is being released from prison. I celebrated. I was so happy, thrilled with him to celebrate that. Then one of our guys, he told me, he said, Pastor, my dog got away. He said, I love my dog. I hadn't seen him. And I thought, well, I've prayed for horses before, so I might as well pray for a dog. So I saw him this morning, and I said, hey, your dog come home? And he said, I was drinking coffee yesterday morning, looked out the window and here he came across this field. Miracle worker, even in the area of dogs. Okay. I better keep moving on. I'll start telling you stories. Okay. You got your Bible. Go with me. The 103rd Psalm verse one, bless the Lord on my soul and all that's within me. I bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Forget not all his benefits, the benefits that accompany salvation. That once you come into a covenant relationship with Jesus, you fall in line with these benefits, okay? That doesn't matter who you are. When Jesus becomes Lord of my life, I fall into these benefits. The Greek word for salvation is a word spelled S-O-T-E-R-I-A, something on the lines of soteria, which means salvation, soundness, deliverance, but it also means healing and health. Those, Those are the benefits that accompany salvation. Verse three who forgives all your iniquities and he heals all your diseases. Now this is what we're on right here, who heals all your diseases. So when I read this, this is God's will in the matter right here. Not not my will, but this is God's will. Now remember Revelations one. He's the God who was and is and is to come. God doesn't change and his word doesn't change. So this is God's will in the matter. Anytime you want to find out what God's will is, just get into his word. The word of God is the will of God, and the will of God is the word of God right here. And so I've got to get into the word of God. God is, is faithful to his word. He's faithful to his promise. God doesn't do anything outside of his word. Psalms 107.20, he said, I sent my word and healed them. 2 Corinthians 1.20, the apostle Paul said this, all the promises, and I highlight the word all, all the promises of God in him or in Christ are yes and amen. The word amen means so be it, or I welcome it. So when you see the word of God, all his promises are yes and amen, it literally is affirmed and confirmed. So what goes on to happen? When you find out God's promises, do you affirm it with amen? Do you welcome and say, so be it. I welcome that into my life. So again, you begin to see what happens when the word of God comes alive with me. I got to get into the word. Turn to Proverbs chapter four. Turn to Proverbs chapter four, just right there to your right, just a little bit. We're going to see the, the power of the word of God. You know, in Hebrews, he said, the word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. What is the word of God? Now, pay close attention here, okay? Proverbs 4, verse 20. My son, I believe he's talking to born-again believers. My son, my daughter, give attention to my word. Pay attention to my word. Be attentive to my word. Incline your ear to my sayings. Now I think this is more than just mere listening. If you were to study there to the churches in uh, Revelations 2 and 3, the Lord Jesus wrote to the seven churches and he said this, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, I can look around today. The issue isn't ears. A lot of you got ears. Everyone has got ears. Some of you got big old fat ears. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I didn't say any names, okay? It's really to listen, to hone in on the word of God. What would happen if we would say, Father God, give me ears to hear? And I want to hear something today that stirs me. Verse 21. Do not let them, the word of God, depart from your eyes. You got to keep it before your eyes. It's got to be in plain view. And keep them in the midst of your heart. Let, Let them penetrate your heart. Do you know these two organs right here, your eyes and your heart? Those are the two main influencers of sin. What I see with my eyes and the desire of my heart. But when I keep my eyes and my heart fixed on the word of God, something happens. Verse 22. For they, the word of God, is life to those who find them. To those who find them. Do you know the word of God a lot of times like buried treasure? You're gonna have to dig a little bit. To those who find them. Man, I gotta search the scriptures. But when I find them, it's like a treasure. And when you find a treasure, what do you do? You guard it, you protect it. We lock it up and say, well, when you find the word of God, guard it. Lock it up in your heart. Don't let go of it. And, and watch how he ends in verse 22. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Do you know in 1 Thessalonians five twenty-three it says man is spirit, soul, and body. God wants you to be healthy spiritually. He wants you to be healthy in your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. But he also wants us to be healthy in our bodies. And so if you'll get what he said here, the word of God is health to all our flesh. I've got to get a hold of the word of God. If we had time, we would go to the book of Mark chapter 4. It's the parable of the sower. It says in Mark 4, 13, that the sower went out to sow. So it tells me real quick there, what he sows is the word of God. I got to get the word of God in my heart. The very next verse says, but the enemy, the devil, Satan, comes immediately. And what does he come immediately for? It says to steal the word. Do you know the devil our adversary, he knows the significance of the word of God in your life. You know what he knows? When it takes root in you, you are a dangerous force here on earth. Mark 4 verse 20 says, But those who embrace the word, those who welcome the word will receive a reward of 30, 60, and 100 fold. So what this goes back and tells me here, I got to get into the word. Learn to meditate on it, hear it, speak it, say the things that God says about you. Now, while you're thinking on those lines, turn to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. And we'll see what the Word of God has to say in a couple areas. Now, as you're turning there, again, I want to highlight something. The will of God is the Word of God. You want to find out God's word or his will for your life? Just read the Word of God. The Word of God will tell you, and this is what happens right here. Mark chapter 1, verse 40. Now, leper... A leper. Now it's very easy to read that and not read into the significance of being a leper. A leper was viewed as an outcast. Remember, in their times there was no cure for leprosy. So they they couldn't come into the city. They, they were abandoned, they were rejected. And so this leper. He came to Jesus. Now, it's important that you see this, that he came to Jesus. He said, I got to get around the miracle worker. I got to get around the healer. I got to get around him. And he came to him. Now, this was a no-no in their customs. You didn't do that because you were a leper. But it was like, I got to get to Jesus. You know, I was reading this little story the other day in this book. And there was a woman in Africa that said that she had a baby that wasn't doing well in life. And she traveled through the heat of the day to go to a meeting where a man of God was going to be. All through the day she kept going, I got to come to him, I got to get to him. And when she got to him, the little baby was in like a little miniature crib that had a blanket over it. And the man of God prayed, laid hands on it. The mama took the blanket and pulled it back. And when she looked at her little boy, she began to scream hysterically. Couldn't control herself. Fell on the ground and just began to weep and everybody's looking like, what is going on? What happened? And finally, when they got her settled down, she revealed that her little son, when he was born, in his left eye socket... He didn't have an eyeball, just a hole, just a blank hole. And when they pulled the blanket back, there was an eyeball in that socket. You know what I see? Sometimes people say, I'll do anything I have to to get around the healer. I'll do anything to get around the miracle worker. And I believe this is what's happening with this leper. Leper. And he came to him, imploring him, pleading with him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. One translation says, you have the power right now. If only you really want to, are you really, are you willing to heal someone like me? Now I want you to think about something. When's the last time you needed a move of God so bad that you begin to plead with God and you got on your knees and said, Lord Jesus, you're all I got. And so he begins to do this. He's imploring Jesus on his knees, and the very next thing it says, then Jesus was moved with compassion. Can you imagine what Jesus saw going on? He knew he was a leper. Imploring him, bowing before him. Jesus was moved with sympathy. Not to prove he was the son of God. Not about a show, not about a performance. But when you see Jesus was moved with compassion, you know what that tells me? He loves people. And he still moved with compassion. He still loves people. And it goes on to say, and he stretched out his hand and touched him and he said to him, I'm willing, be cleansed. One translation says, of course I'm willing. Now it's interesting, the very first thing Jesus does, he corrects his theology. And he says, I'm willing. He enlightens him With the truth. Faith always begins where where the, the will of God is known. Always. You may remember this as a child and you may have sung this song. Jesus loves me, this I know. Why? For the Bible tells me so. How do you know that Jesus loves you? The Bible tells me so. How do I know that Jesus wants to heal me? The Bible tells me so. And so Jesus says, I I will. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. But there's some things you gotta read into this. When it says Jesus reached out and touched him, this was a no-no in Levitical law. That as a leper, and you can say, I was a leper, that if I came in contact with John, if I got close, I would start having to yell, unclean, unclean, unclean. And everybody knew that meant he's got something wrong. He's a leper. You can't come near him. And so this leper comes near Jesus and instead of Jesus running, Jesus aggresses toward him. And Jesus touches him. And so in the law, it would say something like this when the unclean touches the clean, the clean become unclean. But with the Lord Jesus, when the clean touches the unclean, the unclean become clean. I'm not going to say that again, okay? <laughs> wow. You know what I see right here in this verse? Jesus' I will. Cancelled out the man's if. Who get that. Jesus' I will cancels out the man's if. Now how can one have a positive faith who begins a, a request with an if? Let me help you a little bit with that. When you prayed for salvation, you didn't pray with an If. Just as I am, Lord, I come. Just as I am. And so Jesus heals him here. And I believe that the leper was certain that Jesus was able to heal him. He wasn't sure that Jesus was his will to heal him. But Jesus right here responds. It settles the question. I will that you be cleansed. And he was cleansed. See, again, the will of God, the desire. I will, I desire that you be healed. Turn with me to the back of the Bible to First Peter, or 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. You'll go through Hebrews, James, and then right into 2 Peter. I'm going to read one verse in here, and this is going to tell you a lot, all right? You may ask the Lord right now, let the eyes of my understanding be enlightened. Show me the truth of the word of God here. 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. He doesn't take it lightly. This, This is the characteristic of a merciful God. He's not slack concerning his promise. So when the Lord makes a promise, he doesn't look at us and say, well, I had my fingers crossed. I was just kidding. It's interesting. The word he uses here, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some count slackness or contrary to man's perspective. Now, why do we have trouble with that at times? Because of human beings. How many have ever had someone promise you something and they didn't come through with it? Let me flip that around. How many have ever promised to do something for someone and you didn't do it? So we get over this. That's not how God is. Keep reading. But he's long-suffering toward us. He's merciful toward us. He's patient toward us. Ooh, some of you should have shouted amen. I know how much of a rascal you were. He's patient, long-suffering. Now watch this. Not willing that any should perish. The word willing means desire. Not desiring that any should perish. Will anybody perish? Yeah. But wait, wait, wait. It's God's will that no one perishes. See, a lot of times when we get over to salvation here, we have the thought, well, I'm not deserving of salvation. Well, you're absolutely right. None of us are deserving. Actually, if we got what we deserved, we'd all spend eternity in in hell. And sometimes, again, when we get over that and we have the thought, well, I'm not deserving. Well, let me help you a little bit. Grace isn't for the deserving. Grace is for the undeserving. Ooh, thank you, Lord. And sometimes people will say this. Well, I'm not good enough to be saved. Let me help you a little bit. Then you're bad enough to be saved. I am. I'm bad enough to be saved. So, it's not his will. That any should perish. But that all should come to repentance. Now, you may highlight the word all here. God's will is none perish, but he said for all to come to a place of repentance. So this condition that the will of God takes place, that I don't perish, I must obey the B-I-B-L-E, and I must come to a place of repentance. But if I don't come to a place of repentance, even though God's will is for me to perish, or not to perish, I still will perish because I don't come under his will and obey the scripture. Now this is a powerful point I believe right here. So even though I know that God's desire is I don't perish, do you know you can opt out of that blessing? And people opt out of the blessings of God all the time because one, we, we don't understand the, the word of God. My people perish for lack of knowledge. Or two, I just won't believe the word of God. Now you can opt out of the things of God, but there's gonna be consequences that aren't good. So when I read this here, God doesn't want us to opt out of his blessings. His desires, His will. Go to your left just a little bit to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. And I want you to see the will of God here, okay? I want you to see the Word of God. This is where I believe the church has gotten so far away from God. That God gives us these simple instructions in His Word. And to a degree, the church, we've opted out. We've quit doing it. Now, when you see this, I want you to know how simple and plain it is. James 5, verse 13. Is any among you suffering? Is any believer in the fellowship suffering hardship or distress? Now, the reason I highlight anybody in the fellowship, he's writing to the church here. couple verses, you're going to see it very clearly. It's to the church. But is there anyone in the church that's, that's suffering hardship or distress? Don't raise your hand. That may be you. God's still a way maker. Some of you feel like right now your, your life is in a dead end. Don't put God in a dead end, okay? God's a miracle worker. He's a way maker still. Now, look what he says to do. Let him pray. Who's the him? The one that's suffering. Let him pray. Well, that's a novel idea. I've never thought about praying. Call on me in the day of trouble and I'll hear you and I'll answer you, Psalm 51. So again, I look at this and I think, how many times in my life have I had hardships and I've had distress, but I don't obey the Bible? You say, Pat, that hurts. Well, I should have told you that we're we're some still-toed because we're going to get on your toes a little bit. See, again, it's very simple. I get to a place in my life where I'm experiencing hardship and distress, and I'll do anything but what the Bible tells me to do. Let me ask you a question, and it's going to get you. When you're facing distress and hardship, what's the first thing you do? I get on social media, Pastor, I get on Facebook. I call my dearest friend and tell him how bad it is. See again, I equate that in my life too. What's my first response? Do I pray? Then look what he said. Is anyone cheerful? Is anyone happy? Let him sing psalms. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. When's the last time I've done that? Are you cheerful? Or are you happy? Most of the time we are belly. Americans are good at belly aching. We are champion complainers. We win the gold medal for complaining. It's not a good gold medal to win. I'm going to tell on myself a little bit. I looked at my lawn yesterday and it was screaming, mow me, mow me, mow me. And my flesh was saying, no, no, no. I don't want to. And so I pull my lawnmower out. Do you know the Lord will minister to you while you're mowing the lawn? And the Lord spoke to my just this simple and said, you ought to be appreciative you even have a lawn to mow. And I thought, uh-oh. <laughs> and he said, you ought to be appreciative you got a lawnmower. You don't have to use a sickle. You ought to be appreciative that your lawnmower starts on the first time. You ought to be appreciative that your lawnmower doesn't look like you're spraying for mosquitoes. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I got happy. I said, Lord, I'm so blessed to mow my lawn. I'm... Now, that was a statement of faith. Verse 14. Is any among you sick? Question mark. Is any among you sick? Let him call on the elders of the church. So again, we know he's writing to believers. He's writing to a church. And so the he who is sick is supposed to call on the elders of the church. Note that. Who's supposed to call on the elders of the church? And all that word elders mean is those that are spiritually mature. Not perfect, but ones that say, you know what? We're gonna pray in the name of Jesus. Remember what the leper did? He came to Jesus. The sick are supposed to come. Let the sick call on the elders of the church. And let them, the elders, pray over them, anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, when I read on what he's doing, he's saying people of faith are supposed to pray. And we're supposed to anoint you with oil. And understand this, oil isn't a magic potion. I don't have oil that's from Israel in here, okay? For all's I know, it's 40 weight. It may be synthetic. I don't know, but it's oil. Some of you are a little rough. We're going to make sure you get synthetic today. Just kidding. The oil is symbolic of the power of the Holy Spirit. So he said, you anoint him with oil. You pray over him and you pray over him in the name of Jesus. I want you to ask you something. Have we got away from doing that? Do we mark that out of our body? Do we read it? We read um, James 5.14. We read what it says. But when when do we actually do it? When do we actually implement it? Have Have we advanced so far that we don't need God in these areas anymore? I'm telling you, I'm pouring my heart here. This is how God began to work with me. It was almost like God was saying, shame on you. I give you instructions. Verse 15. And the prayer of faith, the prayer offered in faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. God's concerned about you not only outwardly, but inwardly. Confess your trespasses to one another. When's the last time we've done that? And pray for one another. Why would we confess our sins to one another? And why would we pray for one another? We'll look at the result when we just simply obey the word of God. That you may be healed. What a statement. That you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer, the heartfelt, continued prayer of the righteous man avails or benefits much. Wow. I think many times we've become like an ATM, we've become like the drive through at McDonald's. When things don't happen immediately, we punt. Well, I prayed all day yesterday. Well, good for you. I mean, I look at that and I think about the word of God. He said to the Lord Jesus in Matthew 4:4, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We eat every day, but we give up on prayer immediately. We quit praying. And I'm saying we, we've gotten so far away from being biblical. And I believe this is what God wants to usher back in. And so earlier we sang Waymaker. Miracle worker, promise keeper. He's the light in the darkness. That's who you are. And we sing it with an umph. We're so moved by. We get excited about singing it. But do I believe it? Do I believe my God's a way maker? Do I believe my God's a miracle worker? He's a promise keeper. Oh, see, something begin to work, work on the inside of me. And I said, Father God, let, let the word of God come back alive in us. Birth something in us where we come with an expectation. I know you guys know what an expectation is. Some of you have an expectation of eating right after this is over and your expectation is so high that you could tell me immediately what restaurant you were going to go to and before you even got there, you can tell me what you're going to eat. Why? Because I'm hungry for that. What would happen on Sunday mornings? What would happen throughout the week if we invited the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, the light in the dark. Come alive with us, Lord. Come alive within me. Change me. Why don't you stand up with me? Wow. The goodness of God. I'm just going to ask you to bow your head. And if you're watching with us on live stream today, I encourage you. Stand before the Almighty right now. And you may be here today and you're not in covenant relationship with the Lord Jesus. You you haven't asked Jesus to come into your heart. Remember, God desires that none perish. But unless you obey the Scriptures... And come and ask God to forgive you of your sin. And ask Jesus to come into your heart. And you need to do that publicly. The Lord said this. If you acknowledge me before men. I'll acknowledge you before. If you acknowledge me before the Father. I'll acknowledge you before men. But if you deny me. If you deny me before men. I'll deny you before the Father. It's a good day. Let me remind you. saves the undeserving you're bad enough today to be saved if you're here today say I gotta give Jesus my heart I welcome you right now just to get out of your seat and come down here and if you're really shy ask your friend, your neighbor to come with you if that's you here today I welcome you, just come on down because I believe God wants to save you today. That's his desire, that's his will. Well, I take it everybody in here is saved or you're content with your eternal destiny right now. But what would happen if we just continued to obey the Bible? Remember what he said? He said, confess your faults to one another. Maybe you need forgiveness today. But what would happen if we just went ahead and obeyed all of James 5 14? That our prayer team would come down here. And I welcome our prayer team to come down right now. And where I'm going with this is you gravitate toward them, you come to them just as the leper came to Jesus, and you say, I'm coming. I'm coming today. I'm coming for you to anoint me with oil. I'm coming for you to pray over me in the name of Jesus. And remember what he said, you'll be healed. Let me help you again with this. None of us are the Savior. None of us are the healer. All we are is the messengers. We're the conduit that God works through. I believe he wants to heal today. I believe he's a miracle worker today. And so as our team gets ready to sing, I welcome you to come forward. We're not going to do anything goofy, a bunch of crazy Maddocks. We're just going to obey the Bible. Pretty simple, huh? I welcome you to come down. Go ahead, guys, sing. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlebbic.com.